The proof of God's amazing love is this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Because we have faith in him, we dare to approach God in confidence. Let us therefore go before the throne of grace together and confess our sins. O God of our salvation, restore us to your favor. We have sinned, turning from you and ignoring the needs of others. We have accepted your gifts for ourselves, but not passed that generosity on. We have sought your grace, but presumed to judge others without showing grace. As we truly repent, revive us in your mercy. Grant us your forgiveness and your steadfast love, for we ask it through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Scripture tells us that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our God fulfills his promises and is true to his word. We have confessed our sins, therefore God has forgiven us who are in Christ Jesus. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And now, with believers down through the ages, let us state what we believe using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now we invite you in the love of Christ to turn and greet your neighbors.
We have announcements and better than announcement. Um, let's see. Welcome back to our mission group to Nicaragua. We pray for them when they were gone and they're back. It's really um, a good trip they had and we will hear about it hopefully formally soon. And Day of Hope dinner is today at 5.30 p.m. in the campus center. Um, you will get also assignments of what you're going to be volunteering on the Day of Hope when you get there. And Zobris event is going to be next Sunday in the evening at 7 p.m. Um, it is going to be right here in the sanctuary instead of over there on the campus center. And we are also going to have a very special day. Oh, Youth Sunday is Sunday the 11th, and the young people will be leading us in worship. We will be having a very, very special day on September, Friday, September 27th. It's the day to, known as Roasting John and Judy. Um, <laughs> put it on your calendar, and we shall have a great time. And uh, now, better than announcement, Judy Lutz, please come where I am. Um, today we get to formally say thanks to Judy for daring to leave only after 22 years. <laughs> I haven't been here for so long, so I asked John, who have been here forever, and <laughs> so... Here is more appropriate words of thanks to Judy, according to John, which I agree every letter. Words are just not enough to tell you how much your sharing of your talents and your love have meant to this congregation. Do you agree? <laughs> We know it all, it started when you made a mistake of asking John 22 years ago if he needs help, you would help. <laughs> and then the rest of it, as they say, is a history. And John wrote that you, um, your life and the life of the congregation changed forever from that point. Not only did the congregation and John get a superior organist and children's choir director, but they all got a friend. And through the years, you have led our children in song and in learning scripture. With your magic hands on the piano and your grandmotherly smile, you lead the children sing about God's love and grace. Those children are today some of our best equipped disciples. I can't believe you actually led Easter sunrise service for 21 years. <laughs> With that in mind, I would like to present you with the certificate. I would like to read what the certificate says. So this is what it looks like. <laughs> and it reads, in gratitude, oh, this certificate is presented to Judy Lutz in gratitude for your dedicated service as assistant organist and children's choir director in the music ministry of Church of the Palms for 22 years. 
signed by Dr. Stephen D. McConnell, pastor. And John is going to present you. Can we give Judy a round of applause, please? Please be seated, and Judy will it's give us some words. No, it's not. <laughs> um, what, a, what a journey I have been on for the last 22 and a half years. Um, never thinking that when one Sunday I went up to um, John at the organ over in the old church and said, I'm new in town. If, if you know of anybody in the area that needs a substitute organist, let me know. <laughs> um, three days later, I was down at the organ over in the old sanctuary playing uh, a prelude for him, a hymn, and the next thing I knew, wow. And it was hanging of the greens in two weeks, and I had to do all the choir stuff, and I thought, ooh. Now, mind you, I won't take too long, but this is a sermon. Um, I started... Um, just as accompanying the choir. That was, that was what I was going to do, and, and helping with the children. January comes, and he says, oh, by the way, Judy, you do the beach. <laughs> and I, he said, I don't do beach, and he never has done beach. <laughs> anyway, with that started the beach, um, and talk about nerves. I've never played on a beach before, didn't know what to do. Anyhow, it all worked out. We've had some beautiful services out on the beach and wonderful services here. And I can only appreciate all of you um, because you are our family. Dave and I um, don't have any family here, so you are our family. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sermon's over. You want to say Whisper to my heart, I will hear you. Whisper to my heart, I will hear you. 
Let's join in prayer together, and we're going to do something a little bit different. At the end of the prayer, instead of saying the Lord's Prayer, we're going to sing it. And in the bulletin, you'll see the insert of the music that we use, and we would invite you to join in song, in harmony, and let's have one wonderful choir singing the Lord's Prayer. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, in the midst of all this sometimes marvelous, sometimes intense summer activity, we want to join our hearts and our minds together to offer our prayers to you. We come today to thank you for all the blessings and freedoms we enjoy in our daily living, for the green and the growing vegetation that's a part of us all year, for the family trips this summer, for fellowship around the grill, for the beach reading and the bike riding and the bug zapping. We pray for your encouragement to slow down and abide in these moments of joy. Teach us to drop the mantle of overscheduled lives and to lean into simple pleasures and promise that strengthens us and renews us to do your work on our own and in your community. Lord, we ask you to bless the work of our church to energize all those who generously donate their time and resources to all the good things done in your name. Youth Getaways, The Coming Day of Hope, Food Bank, and so many other efforts. We ask you to accompany those of us who care for our youth or those like our Stevens ministers and shepherding deacons who reach out to members of our church family. Be with Pastor Steve as he is away from us. Be with those who would like to be here, but because of physical and other disabilities cannot. Let them know that they are still part of yours and our family. Lord, we pray for the strengthening and healing power in our lives, in our families, our individuals. Be with each and all whose spirits are troubled by anxiety, addiction, doubt, or loss. We ask that you'll continue to guide us through the remaining staff transitions, especially in the music area. Take away both here and abroad the mistrust and the lack of understanding that divide your people around the world. Increase in us the recognition that whether we're here 
or abroad, we are all your children. And as Nelson Mandela reminds us, to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. We do pray for the victims and the survivors and the families of the Asiani Airlines plane and the Spanish train crash over the last few days. And lastly, we pray for ourselves. Our needs are great as well as small. Our unspoken fears and our deep sorrows penetrate our spirits at times. Although you already know what is in our hearts, Scripture teaches us to share them openly and honestly with you. So in a moment of silence, at this moment of time, we offer that kind of a prayer to you. Gracious God, give us the strength to wait patiently for your answer and to live faithfully in response to your call. Now as we pray together the form of this song, this beautiful prayer that you taught us, we pray that you'll bless us through saying it, singing it, and meaning it. And amen. We ask now our ushers to come forward and to lead us in the giving of our tithes and offerings.
Shall we pray? Dear Lord, we give these gifts from our resources as a token of the wonderful, magnificent gift you gave us in Jesus Christ. We pray that these will be used to your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. And we're looking for Jen and the children to come. I am so excited this morning. F-L-O-R-I-D-A-S-T-A-T-E. Florida State, Florida State, Florida State. Woo! Yes, folks, it is almost Florida State football season. My family is getting so excited. And I know that we've been hearing a lot about baseball this summer, but here this morning, I wanna talk about the single most important part of football. You might think it's blocking or tackling, or throwing the perfect spiral, but you would be wrong. The most important part of football is what you do after you score the touchdown. Now, some players, they have a little dance, they do. Some players run around high-fiving all their teammates, but the single most important thing that you must remember to do after you score a touchdown is to take your one finger, put it up in the air, and let everyone know that you are number one. You are the most important person, even if your team is losing, because you just scored. You are it, the most important, the most awesome person, and everyone should check me out. Does this sound right? I don't think this is how God wants us to run around town. I don't think he wants us to run around saying, check me out, I am the most awesome. 
So this morning, I'd like to read to you a couple of Bible verses from Matthew 22. And it says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now let me tell you a different story, a true story. There was this rivalry softball game. And I mean, it's down to the last inning. The score is tied. It's a nail biter of a game. And this girl goes up to the plate and she hits it and knocks it over the fence out of the park. Her team jumps up. They're celebrating. We won. We won. And then they notice when she hit the ball, she twisted her ankle and she can't run. She can't even walk. And her team doesn't get the run unless she travels the bases and touches each one. Her team desperately wants to help her, but it's against the rules for them to go out there and help their teammate. So she starts crawling. I know, crawling to first base, and you know it hurt like crazy. And then something amazing happened. Two girls from the other team went and picked her up and carried her from base to base, pausing so she could stop and touch the base, and her team would get the run. Remember what that means. They lost because they stopped and helped the other girl, because they loved someone more than themselves. They lost the game. I think that's the question Jesus has for us, is how much are we willing to love other people? Are we willing to love them so much that we might lose out on something we really wanted? Would you bow your head and pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we know that Jesus tells us to love other people, but sometimes it's really hard. So please help us to be better at it. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
Please be seated. Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, on this very special day, we come with our hearts filled with joy and gratitude for your love and presence that we have seen through Judy Lutz for 22 years in this place. We give you thanks for Judy's love for you and service and love for children and people and music. We give thanks to you for Judy's all the ways of being a friend and answering questions and when she does not know the answer, helping us find the answer. We give you thanks for her prayers and we give you thanks for sharing her gift so freely that she received from you. Today, as we give you thanks for Judy's service and love for you, we pray for Judy and David to give for you to give them a great new chapter of life called retirement so that you may grant them and bless them with great good health to enjoy the life to come together, dancing, sailing, going on cruise ship, and doing anything that they have not had time to do and enjoy. We give you thanks and we pray that you will bless each of them in the days ahead. With gratitude and thanksgiving, we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Now, Judy, it is time for the sermon. <laughs> our scripture lesson today comes from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Let us hear God's word to us. Luke 11, 1 through 13. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for I have a guest that arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me, the door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, search and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for you, for everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds, and everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Is there among anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if a child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? 
If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Some years ago, an expert on Christian, Indian Christian spirituality, Father Salim Sharif, visited the church my husband Will was serving in Pennsylvania. A series of evening lectures on prayer and spiritual practices were held. People were surprised by the speaker's opening specific instruction on prayer. Father Salim said, sit facing the east at sunrise and keep your feet flat on the floor and your hand open on your legs. Close your eyes and sit in silence for 10 minutes before you start praying. One of those good Pennsylvania Presbyterians asked, why facing east? Father Sharif responded, actually it does not really matter which direction you face. Face north or south or north by northwest, it doesn't matter really. Pray at first light or 9.15 p.m. in the evening, any time is good. It also doesn't matter if you sit or stand or kneel, you may have your hands open or folded or raised up. You may have your eyes open or closed, none of that is important. What is important is that you pray. I have found having a set routine helps, he said, sitting the same direction and at the same time and in the same posture helps you let go of distractions and focus on your communication with God. Like those Pennsylvania Presbyterians, people have always wanted to know how to pray. Some people I know feel that they are not good at prayer at all. Even the most devoted saints of the church hit spells when they, their prayers seem kind of dull or heavy or forced or false. In our gospel lesson today, Jesus' disciples noticed that John's, the John the Baptist disciples have learned how to pray like John from John. But obviously, they do not want to pray like John the Baptist. They wanted to pray like Jesus. So they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. If the disciples had hoped for a simple answer, I don't believe they did get it. Prayer is a conversation with God, an art form that requires discipline. It is like a musical skill such as playing the piano or organ or conducting. We have witnessed today such discipline in the playing of our retiring assistant organist, Judy Lutz. Judy worked hard to acquire and refine her skills and she has used with us for 22 years with beauty and precision all the way to this day. On top of all of that, she had to work on how to get along with John. <laughs> Surely that's the harder task. 
Jesus' answer to his disciples asking, teach us to pray, comes as four-part lesson. First, Jesus teaches them a short prayer. Second, he tells them the parable of the persistently knocking neighbor. Third, Jesus introduces them to the ask and receive sayings. And fourth, Jesus helps them see how God's gift of the Holy Spirit is far better than any gift given by a human father. The short prayer Jesus taught the disciples there and then is what we know as the Lord's Prayer now. Christians have been praying it for two millennium. It is an extraordinary prayer that teaches us to set aside the things that burden us and it teaches us to approach God with anticipation, not fear. It begins with an invitation to an intimate and personal interaction with God, whom we are taught to call Father. Surely an amazing title to use with the creator of all that is and has been and ever will be seen and unseen, the ruler of all things on heaven and on earth. The disciples and we are then directed to hallow or make great the name of the Lord. In Jew Jesus' Jewish background, to know someone's name is to know that person fully, completely, and at every level of his or her being. To hallow or make great God's name is to honor and love every part of the greatness and power and majesty and power and love that is God. It is no small thing, as commentator William Barclay says, to know the whole character and mind and heart of God is to gladly put trust in God. To pray like Jesus is to begin and end all things in God. We are to know that the goal of life is to live under God's gracious and loving rule. We are to know that God provides the daily bread for all of life. We are to acknowledge and ask God's forgiveness for our own sin, and we are to see that prayerful trust means letting go of our hold on the sin of those who have harmed us. To pray like Jesus is to be aware that the future may hold things we are ill-prepared to handle on our own. We pray to God not to lead us into temptation. Barclay helps us understand this saying, temptation means any testing situation. It includes far more than the mere seduction to sin. It covers every situation that is a challenge to and a test of a person's humanity and integrity and fidelity. We cannot escape sin, but we can face it with God. In teaching his disciples, Jesus teaches all of us to orient ourselves to a mental and spiritual posture that enhances communication with God. Jesus teaches us to think the intimacy of the relationship we are invited to have with God. He teaches us to focus and trust on the goodness and generosity of God. 
Jesus teaches us to humble or to humbly acknowledge our need for God's forgiveness every day. Jesus also teaches us to forgive others as we have been forgiven and to trust the future to God's keeping. Personally, the Lord's Prayer is the most powerful prayer I pray. It is the prayer I pray in my most grateful moments of life to give thanks to God, such as when my husband came through a surprise quadruple bypass surgery a year ago yesterday. It is also a prayer I pray when I feel lost or alone or scared or in despair or angry. I pray when I feel um, a need to pray, I find, uh, I find this Lord's Prayer very helpful to pray, to pray it slowly so that I hear the meaning of every word and phrase. As many of you already know, I practice that in my ministry as well. I use the Lord's Prayer with people in the hospital. I use it in situations of grief. I use it in times of celebration. I use it in traditional setting in this very sanctuary and in the garden when I lead in communion there. My husband and I start each day with a scripture reading and a prayer which always ends with reciting of the Lord's Prayer together. But Jesus did not stop with teaching the disciples the Lord's Prayer. He adds a lesson from the parable of persistently knocking neighbor. Jesus tells us God is unlike lazy neighbor who only helps because he must. God helps us because he is our loving father and he loves us at all times. Next, Jesus teaches the disciples about the ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find, knock and it will be open to you sayings. The lesson that Jesus teaches us here is that God who loves us is surely attentive to our every need. Finally, Jesus teaches that if even fallible human parents know how to give good gifts, how much more we can trust our perfect God to give us what we need most. All of us wish we could step easily into the world of prayer with God. We may be envious of those who seem to have a gift of words and are comfortable in public prayers but they too can get lost in their words and they can miss the posture and trust that opens their hearts and minds in prayer. That is certainly true for me and I am no poet of prayer. Surely we are very fortunate that the disciples asked Jesus how to pray. Prayer is us, models relating to God, the Almighty. It will not always be easy or simple but we are given help and assurance that the invitation to step through the portal of life into the presence of God who loves us always. So today we say thanks be to God for Jesus who taught us how to pray. Amen.
would like to invite you all to sit back and enjoy one last time officially of Judy's uh, postlude. Now go in peace, remembering how much God loves you and pass that along to everyone you meet all day, every day. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of us now and forever. Amen.